1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today.
0: Hello, and welcome to Stand with Amy do Now, the trial... Of Jerry Hutch, who is being tried for the murder of David Byrne on the 5th of February 2016 at the Regency Hotel, is approaching its end. It has gone on for some time. And next week, we expect the defense and the prosecution to make their closing arguments. It's a hugely significant case. The attack on a boxing weigh in at the Regency Hotel on the airport road there, was murderous. David Byrne was the only person who died. Others were injured, but it led to a feud between the Kinhans and the Hutch cartels, which saw 18 people die so far. And we're joined now by Sean Murray of the Irish Examiner, who's been covering the case for his paper. This case, Sean, has been strange in many ways and the judges particularly the lead judge justice Tara Burns have had to make some decisions about what evidence is acceptable for example evidence that was acquired illegally in a car that traveled north of the border evidence taken on the other side of the border is actually illegally taken and isn't normally not admissible, but Justice Tara Burns ordered that, despite its illegality, this evidence should be heard in this case. And Sean Murray has been, as I say, reporting for his newspaper, the Irish Examiner. Sean, the case is reaching its end point. The last witness is Sarah Skeed, who is an expert on mobile phone data and Yesterday in the court, there was a lot of talk about where the mobile phones of Hutch and Jonathan Dowdle, who is really the principal accuser, where they were at certain times as opposed to where they said they were, particularly Dowdle at that time. And this use of mobile phones is really critical at this point to establish the veracity really of the evidence being offered to the court. What is the atmosphere like in the court, Sean?
1: It was very tense in the week that Dowdle was giving evidence. For example, it was a very, it was a very testy time. Obviously he was on the stand for, for a great many days. He was there over a week and it was very, it was very tense throughout. It's kind of changed up now a little bit now that we're getting um, towards the kind of end game in the trial one of the days when I was there last week, um, I saw Jerry Hutch having a kind of laugh and a joke with his uh, co-accused before proceedings got underway. Um, he seemed quite re- well, He seemed relaxed uh, throughout proceedings, but he seemed particularly relaxed on-, on that morning.
0: I should say that his co-accused are Jason Bonney and Paul Murphy. They are accused of aiding and abetting a murder by providing cars and other assistance. but. It's Jerry Hutch who is facing the charge of the murder of David Byrne. One thing that people wonder about: how come Jerry Hutch hasn't been in the box and subject to cross examination, examination, and cross examination?
1: Well, it would be up to his defence if they wanted to put him on the stand to right. answer questions in in, in that way. I, 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 obviously, the decision was made that they um, they wouldn't go that way. And um, the defence has has put forward its own very strong case uh, already um, in, in terms of especially the, the cross-examination of Jonathan Dowdall. Um, I think it's a feature of, of a lot of um, murder cases where where the accused won't take the stand. Um, yes. So I think that, that's not particularly unusual. Right.
0: As you say, Dowdle former Sinn Féin councillor with links to, obviously, to the Hutch gang and to Hutch himself, He was in the box for over a week, and he was cross-examined by Brendan Grehan, who is the defense counsel, senior counsel for Hodge. He was depicted by Brendan Grehan as a serial liar, and the evidence seems to back that up. What was your impression of how he held up under the examination of Brendan
1: Uh like the, the to be fair, it was the the days were very long in court, and he was had question after question after question put to him by Brendan Gretton. So I imagine it was a, a very torturous ordeal to to for anyone to be on the stand for that long. But I think what what Brendan Gretton had was evidence of past things that Jonathan Dowdle had said, for example, on the the infamous tapes that Garrity had secretly recorded when him and Jerry Hutch had gone up north, he, Brendan Gretham was able to put at great length, because we know they are in the car for a long time, things that Jonathan Dowdle had said on those tapes. Um, I think uh, the last time we talked, uh, Dowdle still had three days to go, and it had already been quite the ordeal. Um, after we spoke, I think uh, Dowdle's patience was wearing a bit thin at that stage. He kept saying things like, How many more days will I be here? Uh, We're talking about stuff that didn't happen. We're going through the same thing over and over again. But uh, Brendan Gretton, the very experienced uh, senior counsel, wasn't going to be rushed. He still wanted to take Dowdle through various facets, including the tapes, including interviews that Dowdle had had with Um, and Particularly on the tapes, we have comments that could be construed as referring to explosives, comments about potentially uh killing individuals or comments about kidnapping Um at every turn dowdle was very keen to defend himself he said it was all rubbish talk it was shy talk he said he was telling hutch what he thought hutch wanted to hear he wanted to impress him and he also kept repeating that any anything that he said was related to things that never actually came to be um and it got very testy at times but 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 Brendan Graham was always keen to, to point out that if if you were saying these things at the time, are you lying then? Are you lying now? And Dowdle was always very, very forceful in his responses to say, no, I'm telling the truth now. And it, it will be, be a key facet of the case whether or not the judges accept Dowdle's word.
0: Yes, and it's very, very important to understand this, that Jonathan Dowdle and his father, Dowdle has asked the police to put him in the witness protection program, as, we understand, as I understand it. And the reason he's serving a four-and-a-half-year sentence at the moment, and his father is also in prison, is that they booked a room in the Regency Hotel the night before the murder of David Byrne and the night before this explosion of violence at the Regency Hotel. Dowdle would have faced... Being a co-accused of murder, correct?
1: Yes, that's correct. Yeah, before he um, pleaded guilty to this lesser charge, it could have been the case that he was also in the dock for the murder of David Bourne.
0: And the question of him seeking to go into the witness protection programme, has that arisen in the case and has that been factored in in any way as a positive or a negative?
1: Um, I feel like the, the defence is trying to uh, present that as, as, uh, as a negative in terms of Jonathan Dowdle's bona fides in that case. Brendan Gretton has, has used the phrase quid pro quo in, in terms of uh, Dowdle giving evidence against Jerry Hutch in return for pleading guilty to the lesser charge and then um, the, the, the witness protection programme that, uh, as far as we're aware, uh, Jonathan Dowdle is still being assessed for um, there was a, a good report in the Irish Sun by um, Michael Doyle that referenced the fact that, um, while he's still being assessed, it's not exactly clear as of yet where um, Jonathan Dowdle will be placed in witness protection. Yes. They haven't really found a place to put him as of yet. So it's, it's one of those things where, as far as the court is aware, there's been no final decision in terms of um, his witness protection status. He was being assessed, and that's that's still pending. But from the defence's perspective, they've been picking at all of these all of these threads repeatedly to try and, and accuse Dowdle of, of lying.
0: Yeah, Brandon Graham, the defence counsel, has suggested that the possibility of going into the witness protection program or not provides Jonathan Dowdle with a powerful incentive to give damning evidence against
1: Jerry Hutch. Absolutely, and and. And what Gren has said in this case repeatedly is that he thinks there are what he called the two big lies that Dowdle has told to try and finger Jerry Hutch for this murder. And the first is that, as you refer to uh, the hotel room that was booked the night before the murder, it's Dowdle's evidence that he and his father um, drove to a nearby area and they handed the keys to that hotel room to Jerry Hutch. Obviously, again, Brendan Gretchen has has, has put to Dowdle repeatedly that that's a lie. And then there's this also this infamous confession where Jonathan Dowdle claims that he met Jerry Hutch in a park just a few days after the murder, and Hutch confessed to him his role in it. And again, Gretchen has said that's not the case.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of things about that. The mobile phone tracing that the Gardaí have done suggests, actually yesterday, and I read it this morning, that Dowdle wasn't near that park at the time he says he was. That's the first thing. Second thing that's striking, Sean, is the idea that an experienced member of the underworld, let's put it like that, like Jerry Hutch, was highly unlikely to have confessed to Jonathan Dowdle that he did it. I mean, and that is the... That is the sort of, isn't that the key piece of evidence? The credibility of that, that Hutch actually said, yes, I did it, that he killed David Byrne?
1: I, I think that's a very interesting point you raise. And I'll just take the forced element of it first. So um, the reason why Dowdle said that Hutch sought the meeting in the park was that he'd just seen a copy of the Sunday World. So this is two days after the murder on the Sunday. And on the front page of that paper that day, there was um, a photograph of two of the men alleged to have carried out the regency. And yes. um, people might remember the, the man yes. in the black cap and the man dressed as a woman. And um, their faces were heavily pixelated, but nevertheless, they were on the front of that newspaper that day. And but by Dowdle's account, um, Hutch was in a panic over this photograph appearing. And that when he met him, now it. it, it, it Dowdle's not been clear whether or not it was the Sunday or the Monday, the next day. What the phone evidence has suggested to us is that on the Monday, he was both, well, his phone anyway, let's be clear, his phone was in the region of the Navin Road, where he lived, and then it was also in Dundalk. So it wasn't in Whitehall, where this park was, where this alleged meeting happened. Now, the phone evidence also suggests that the day before, Dowdle's phone was in that Whitehall area. Now Gretchen has said surely you remember if it was the Sunday or the Monday given it was such a, a, a significant event where Jerry yes. Butch confessed to this murder and Dowdle's response was here, listen, this was this was 2016 this was a long time ago I couldn't be 100% sure um of the time so so I and I think the the witness who's going to give evidence the Garda expert might highlight more um might give more details on, on this aspect of, of, of tracking phone surveillance and, and things like that. That would be interesting. Yeah,
0: this is Sarah Skeed, mm-hmm. who is an expert on these matters yeah. of data mm-hmm. from mobile phones and yeah. in this case, placing people mm-hmm. in a certain area at a certain time on a certain day.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, and just to touch down on your second point in terms of whether or not um, Jerry Hutch, who <laughs> who you uh, eloquently described there, um, would he meet Jonathan Dowdle and confess to this murder? The question is, like, we don't know <laughs> for sure what happened in that park that day. If the meeting happened, we know what Dowdle's evidence is on that. We know that Brendan Gretchen has accused him of lying about that and it will ultimately be up to the judges to, to decide whether or not they, they accept the Dowdell's version. But I, I can imagine, I, I can see why people m- might see that and maybe have questions, but then we, we will have to wait and see what the, the judges say in, in that regard.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the questions is, the mobile phone evidence offered to the court yesterday suggests he wasn't in the park when he says he was in the park, and the other sort of doubt, and I'd say doubt with a capital D, is that Jerry Hutch was going around telling Jonathan Dowdle that he'd, mur- he'd he was a murderer and that he'd murdered David Byrne? I mean, Jonathan Dowdle was not close to Hutch, was he? As such, uh,
1: for, but but by Dowdle's own admission, he was very close to Patsy Hutch, who yes. was who was Jerry's brother, um, and he would have known um, Patsy's sons. Um, from from dowdles evidence it's that at, at that time he believed that the the hutches were were seeking his help to try and broker a peace deal with the Kinahans before all of this got out of hand that's right. that, that that's dowdles version of proceedings. so he says that that's why hutch sought him out to not only yes. did he make that confession but he also wanted him to reach out to these republicans up north to try and and, and sort this all out as we know that's that in terms of sorting it out, we know that a horrible, bloody feud ensued in the yes. aftermath of, of of the Regency. So so any kind of peace talks that were being mooted obviously weren't successful in that way. Um, it's interesting to hear Dowdle's version now, particularly in, in, in terms of why he may have booked the room that night. He feels like it could have been a, a diversion tactic from the Hutches to maybe put the crosshairs on him. And on Republicans for being responsible for the regency, yes. and he feels like he may have been used in, in, in and that's how he described his involvement in, in that particular aspect. But again, it there's it, it so much of that, that that will need to be teased out by the judges when they're when they're making when they're reaching their verdicts.
0: Now, the man in the flat cap that you mentioned, who was photographed in the Sunday World, he has subsequently died. He was a Republican.
1: Yes, yes, he had he had links to to, to groups in, in the north and his, his name was Kevin Murray and his name cropped up a few times uh, during cross-examination. Jonathan Dowdle said that he feared that when Murray's involvement was was kind of pinpointed, that he would get the blame for having brought him in, as it were, into yes. this into this this gang that had committed the, the Regency shooting. And he he said that he was worried at the time it would look like it would point to his involvement also. And that's what he makes reference to on the tapes in a number of places. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which
0: Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
1: Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.
0: Now, when Jonathan Dowdle and Jerry Hutch went on a trip to the north, the idea of the trip was that Dowdle would introduce Hutch to some Republicans, paramilitary, and that they might be able to broker some peace. And during that car journey, they went over the border And it was established that the car had a bug that was recording everything that was said. And the evidence to the court, and it was accepted, is that evidence gathered on the other side of the border is inadmissible to a court because it's illegally acquired. Justice Tara Burns agreed that this evidence was illegally acquired, but nevertheless, allowed it to be heard in court. For example, there just seems to be two, if you like, areas where the accused here, Jerry Hutch, is is vulnerable. One is the so-called confession. The other is a reference he made to Dowdle about the three yokes. This is said to be a reference to three AK-47s in the back of the car. And we don't know where he said that. do we know which side of the border he was on when he allegedly said that?
1: The reference to the three oaks are, are made extensively, um while they are while they are over the border. Right. And obviously now that it has been admitted, the, the judges can consider all of all of the gamut of what is said on those tapes. Again, just to say that in, in her judgment, Miss Justice Tara Bourne pointed to aspects of the Surveillance Act where if gary um had no matter if they were if, if their bona fides days were correct in, in in terms of the the placing of the bug and their belief that it was legal that it, it could be admitted. So because the judge has ruled that all of the tapes can be admitted, it doesn't really matter where he said it at this stage. Right. So so the the three yokes again. You, I think you you hit the nail on the head there. Two of the core aspects of this case now really hinge on on what Dowdle said, Hutch told him, and then on what Hutch himself says on the tapes. Now, yes. again, yet yeah, there, there's references to those three yokes. They're, they're never referred to explicitly as the, the Kalashnikov-style rifles used in the Regency hotel. They're called the yokes. Uh, in context, and what the prosecution is claiming, it, it's clear what they are in reference to. Again, it'll be interesting to hear what the judges have to say about that. And then there's, there, there's kind of tangential references to the Regency throughout that very long conversation that they have that I feel like not to preempt what uh, Prosecutor Sean Gillan will say next week when he's given his closing statement, but I have a feeling that in context he will try to to pull at those threads to say that Jerry Hutch is kind of tacitly admitting some kind of knowledge or or awareness of of the Regency shooting. It would be interesting to hear what exactly he says about that.
0: Now, Sean, last week there was more, should we say, kerfuffle in the court about three sheets of paper there seems to be a lot of things not right about this trial, and there seems to be some confusion about these three pieces of paper. Did you hear about that
1: I assume you're you're referring to the curious development, which was as it was the curious referred, development which was as it was referred to in court i I remember hearing those words and thinking, okay, that could be <laughs> any number of things and um it was uh, colleagues at different outlets. It was Nicola Talent in The Sunday World and then uh, also Paul Healy in The Irish Star who uh, reported later on that day that what what this curious development actually was, was um, someone who was already in jail um, having admitted to murdering David Bourne in the Regency and right. saying that Jerry Hutch had had nothing to do with it, which uh, curious is one way of describing that, you could say. And um, right. I, I, I think on the face of it, Obviously, that might seem as if, oh, well, that might change everything. But the the indications that we've seen in the court, like, I mean, the the next day court proceedings yes. got underway without any reference to this development initially. Um, I feel like it's one of those things where obviously we can't say too much, but it's one of those where right. the guards are, are investigating as they must do when someone said something like this. But I don't think this will change anything to do with the case as it stands. Jerry Hutch is in the dock accused of murdering David Bourne, and that's not going to change based on on, on this so-called uh, confession that was made in, in Yeah,
0: now closing arguments will be made for both defence and prosecution next week. One imagines that Brendan Graham representing Jerry Hutch will focus very much on Jonathan Dowdle, on his character, on the lies that we know he told and other Matters. Will the case, do you think, hang on the degree to which Jonathan Dowdle can be considered to be a credible witness?
1: I think, obviously, that's, that's, a, that's a crucial I aspect. Mean, may,
0: yeah. yeah, it might be the statement, a statement of the obvious, but it's one witness who does appear to be a, a kind of a liar.
1: Well, well by, by his own admission that the the reasons why he may not have told the truth back when in his force Guard interviews and maybe uh, uh, while he was uh, in the car with Jerry Hutch was because he was either trying to impress Hutch or he was um, scared of what would happen to him and his family at the time in the Guard station if he had told the truth and yes. he's saying that he's telling the truth now. Um, of course, but what he has to say is 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 obviously crucial to the case. He, he's saying that the, the man in the dock accused the murder confessed to him his role in the murder, which is obviously so significant. Um, if the judges accept that is true, um, we might see how that will go. But it's obviously, it's Brendan Graham, I, like, again, not to prefigure why <laughs> Brendan Graham's very experienced, um, excellent uh, barrister, but I, I imagine he's going to, at great length, tease out Aspects of Dowdle's testimony versus what he said on the tapes, what he told Garrity before, and trying to highlight to the judge's inconsistencies in, in either what he said then or what he's saying now. And I, I'd say he will take a, a great length of time doing that. Dowdle's not, not he's obviously the star witness for the prosecution, but he's not he's not the only aspect. We've talked as well, obviously, about, about the tapes, what's said on the tapes. I feel like... About um, the yokes. Mm-hmm, the prosecution... Yep. Uh, we'll be trying to tie these different strands together with what we know about the, the guns when they were seized um, in the aftermath of, of these trips up north that Jerry Hutch and Jonathan Dowdle had done. So it will be, I think it will be very interesting to see how, because we've heard so much different evidence in, in different forms during the trial. When Sean Gallan is giving his closing statement, he's going to try, I, I imagine, to tie up all those loose ends together to create this kind of coherent narrative that, that that points towards the guilt of the accused. And then on the other hand, we'll have Brendan Gretton, who, whose job it will be to to point to the inconsistencies and uh, and the maybe doubts that the court may have regarding that. And then it's, it's one of those things where in a jury trial, yeah, the jury will go out and they will spend maybe a day, maybe a week, deciding what their verdict is in a case. Because this is a special criminal court, uh, we have three judges, we have no jury it will work slightly differently again don't want to uh, try and estimate because any any predictions you might make about oh, this course, trial yes. you, usually don't work out but like just say we finish next friday and um, that's towards the end of january i would say early march could be a good a good um prediction for when we'll hear the verdict so we right. there will be some time in between the the case finishing and then the verdict being delivered
0: yes yeah, someone should say that justice tara burns is the presiding judge and also judging are Sarah Barclay and Grainne Malone. A final question, Sean. If you're found guilty in the special criminal court, can
1: you appeal? Every citizen uh, who's, who's, who's found guilty of a crime has the right to uh, appeal to, to a higher court if, if a higher court is available. So right. I, I imagine it would be no different in, in this case I can, I can imagine that there would be certain grounds that the Jerry Hutch's legal team might point to if they, if they want to uh, appeal that, if, if, if he is found guilty, but obviously that, that, that's ahead of us, so we, we'll have to see how, okay. that, how that all falls out, but it's um, interesting times to come.
0: Okay, Sean, thank you very much for joining us. That's Sean Murray from the Irish Examiner who's been covering this intriguing case for his newspaper. We're grateful to Sean. To all of you for listening, that's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.